Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge Boudreaux. And as always, I'm joined by Shelly Billinghurst. Shelly, what's going on in your world? Uh, hey, Serge. So it's so good to hear your voice. It's been a busy week. Mm-hmm. Which is, oh God, that is that not the badge of honor for everybody in talent acquisition? Yeah, you were the but, one that like a month ago, you gave me a really hard time because I'm saying <laughs> I'm always busy. So now here you are okay, complaining. Yeah. So this has got nothing to do with recruitment. Okay. I have my old dad who's uh, 80 something and he's a really tall guy. So I'm currently driving a sedan, all this warming up to the fact that I'm out shopping for a new car. Mm-hmm. But I need something that's a crossover because my dad's really tall and getting in and out of my sedan is really hard. Like he's embarrassed getting out of my car because he's he's got very little strength in his legs. So that's it. I've had enough because part of my part-time job is seniors, seniors delivery. <laughs> because I'm, I'm always taking them somewhere at least once a week, for sure. Yeah. Here's what's super interesting though, Serge is, and you've been awesome. Thank you, by the way, in terms of helping me narrow down good, reliable vehicles that, you know, that you've got great experience. So here's what's interesting about being like pulling up on a car lot As a woman, I made appointments. They knew I was coming. They knew what I was interested in. But it's really quite interesting how I'm still treated. Okay. And so I don't know if it's because of being a woman or my age or, yeah, it's just, it was almost like you've done all your research. Off you go. Here's the keys. I wonder, I really do. I really wonder, had you been driving and we showed up together, if you'd have gotten the Royal once over, here's all the features, here's what's really great about this, nothing. It was like, oh, you've done your research online, right? Okay, here's the keys. Okay, I'll give you some context. I bought a car recently too. It was a very similar story as far as, oh, you've done your research and here's the keys, go for a test drive. But I had exactly the same experience. But it's interesting oh. because like in my car purchasing, it's like, I was very clear. I am not the decision maker, even though I am trying to get the car that I want and the ability to sell it to my wife so she's on board. But the decision maker in my health is definitely the woman of the house when it comes to such a major purchase. So I don't know. Did you get a vibe? I had a female salesperson. I don't know what your experience was on on that end. No, it was, they were both guys. They were both guys. I guess maybe, do you know, so this is, I think I'm going up a step in terms of vehicle. Okay. Right. So I think about this, Serge, if you were selling something worth more than $50,000, how much effort would you put into that sale? I would put a ton of effort, <laughs> Do you think? Uh, but in, in, I, I would, but yeah. it really, I guess it depends on how much volume, how actually how much margins they're making in the car. If Well, that aside, so if you're in that, even if you look at selling somebody a $50,000 a year software license, yeah. What, how much effort does that take? And you're selling it to a company. This is not out of their personal credit card, right? This is a corporation you're selling this software to. And I think about how much effort and relationship building. I 
don't know. Maybe, maybe I was hoping for a little more romance. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> more. The, could you at least hold my hand? No, and I think that's fair enough because like you think about the car, it's a major purchase (laughs) and it's a big, I I was going to say investment, Uh, car purchase is never an investment, No, no. but it's a a lot of cash to dial out for one thing that, especially in this pandemic, how many times do you actually drive? Probably more than I do, I think. Well, yeah, just taking the seniors everywhere. Uh, Anything else? It's twice a week, honest to God. Is there at any time that I was like, are you going to bring in your husband to look at it? Did you get any of those questions? interesting i think they got pretty wise pretty quick no not a mention not a mention not even asking i'm very forthright that the woman in my house is the decision maker and part of it it is a strategy as well because it gives me an out being like so we're going through if i don't like the car (laughs) under the bus i do my wife doesn't like it I'll go take a look at the car, do a test drive. Then instead of having that awkward conversation where they're trying to close you, I can be like, okay, great. I'm going to go talk to my wife and I can leave peacefully without getting harassed. So anyways, that's interesting. I hope you do end up buying some type of car, but let's talk about uh, some recruitment stuff. So we have some really interesting topics. As you're aware, the -hmm. recruitment market is insanely busy and it's a very tight labor market. All the data is showing of how many additional job postings are out there and actually how less of candidates are applying to these jobs than they did even a year ago. I think we are going into one of the craziest recruiting cycle that we've ever seen. I agree. So we're going to talk about how to recruit in a tight labor market and some tips on that end. Mm -hmm. In saying that, and when we're saying it's a tight labor market, is I'm seeing it firsthand. I have a lot of recruiting friends and I am seeing everyone hiring recruiters like crazy. Everyone that wasn't employed last year is it seems everyone's got a job and everyone's asking me, do you know technical recruiters? Do you know recruiters? They're saying actually technical recruiters are harder to recruit than tech people right now, which is really (laughs) interesting uh, in that sense. Oh, I love the irony. Okay. I can't wait to dive into that one. Yeah. I love the irony. And part of it is as uh, recruiters and recruitment leaders, we're going to need to be training recruiters maybe that have less experience or are brand new to the game. So how do you approach Mm -hmm. training a new recruiter? So we're going to talk about that. Then big news in HR tech this week, Javite acquires Jazz HR and also NX thing, which I've never heard about, but it's an RPO company. So we'll talk about what the possible ramifications of that in the ATS world. Mm -hmm. And then I want to talk about, I had a prediction at the start of the year that ZipRecruiter was not going to go to IPO. They were going to get acquired. And I still think that's going to be the case, even though they announced that they are going to go to IPO. If we take a step back... Remember the other company that said that was going to IPO and suddenly the big recruit holdings owner of Indeed steps in and buys Glassdoor. I am standing my prediction that. You know what? I'll tell you what. Buy ZipRecruiter. I'll be the first one to phone you and send you balloons or something. Oh, if I'm right. Exactly. (laughs) If If you're right. I'll send balloons to your house. Let's jump in. 
Yeah, let's jump in in a tight labor market. And I, I think we want to give some advice on that. And if I look at the key points in this type of labor market, I'm going to go really basic stuff. And I'm going to want you to elaborate on some of it because some is really straightforward. If it is an insane tight market in the world you're recruiting, there's obviously a couple of things. And when we talk about you should have been building your employment brand, your recruitment marketing strategy years ago, so you're ready. But if but, you're not, but, yeah, exactly. How, how do you fix it? How do you recruit? So one of the advice that I have, pay more. Don't say you have a great culture if you haven't done it. The only thing right now, if you're being tactical and you might need Reac- to, reactionary is probably the good, yeah, uh, the yeah. good word there. You, you need to pay more. Like in reality, tech, and this I'm saying tech because I'm very familiar with it, but in all industries across mm-hmm. the board, mm-hmm. healthcare is extremely hot. But let's say in tech, in reality, you're going to need to pay more than you did last year. And if you're not going to, people are not going to come. You got to be in the pay band that people are paying. We talked about this week. Be quick. Be yes. quick. Be yeah. intentional. Move fast. Because if you don't move fast, someone else is moving faster than you. And if they're at the better pay, if they're telling the same story you are, your differentiator is being faster than they are. Look at overlooked candidate pools. You've talked and you're a big believer Mm -hmm, in this. mm -hmm. And uh, I believe in it, but I think you are a big proponent is what is that actual talent that you need? What are the skill sets and where else is that skill set? And how do you transition that to the world that you're recruiting in? You got to frigging crush the candidate experience. The candidate experience is going to make the difference. In reality, when we talk about when you're saying buying a car and you got to crush this whole sales experience. And if you get a really good experience buying a car, you might buy that car just because of that experience you have. And it's going to be the same when it comes to candidate experience. Be flexible in your perks. The one last point I have, and then I'm going to jump it to you. So being flexible in your perks, and I think one of them is, it might not be a perk, but working from home. You've had your employees work from home, and you're saying on this date, everyone's coming back in the office, and you're trying to recruit in tech and multiple sectors saying you're going to need to be in office. Good fucking luck. Like, really good luck. So what do you think of that list? Give me your insights. I love your list because actually, I agree. Fishing in another pond. If if you don't want to compete, then you do have to find another pond to fish in. And there is always, it's just opening up your thinking. Put it this way. The types of roles that require very specific things, like you must have a certain classification of driver's license to drive a certain type of truck. That's not really that immovable, but finding and fishing in other ponds and then, and being able to upskill people, like it's not that far-fetched if what you're looking for is say a recruiter and you want to Maybe there's just nobody around, no recruiters around. What are your choices? Your choices are this, and you already capped it. So so there's really only three things. Either you buy it, which is pay more, you build it, which is upskill them, or you rent it. And that means you get contractors or consultants. There's really no, and, and I have been through some of the most impossible labor markets when truly it was considered absolutely impossible. There's a deficit in the province. Immigration was brought to a screeching halt. There's this perception that these skills aren't available in Canada. We have to go foreign when in fact the skills were there. 
we just had to actually make sure that we had a brand and a presence in yeah. another part of the country. And it was like solved. Really, it wasn't that difficult, but it was the difficult part was getting your head around the fact that you need to go fish in another pond. For sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed, and I want to get your insights on it, it's we know how hot the market is, but I am always shocked talking to different companies when I'm telling them the actual data of how hot it is. And I, I'm talking about people that are in executive chairs or even that are hiring managers. Mm -hmm. And they weren't aware of how hot the market is. They just think the recruitment team is not doing a good job or, or they suck. So one of our responsibilities, and you've mentioned this before, and I, I agree, is you don't want to be alarmist, but you've got to be able to share the hard data of what is actually happening in the market right now. Yeah. What's your approach with those executives and hiring managers? First of all, if you're internal to the organization, you should already have that credibility. Like I have no vested interest in, unlike say, if you were third party or a staffing agency, I have a vested interest in getting my candidate the most money possible. But if you're in-house, there is no motivation for me to come to you other and say, actually, we are like $10,000 or $20,000 off what annual compensation is for this person. And if they're not listening to you, then it is your job to have those sources of information. Where are you getting your information from? And if all you're doing is Googling current pay, that's not a rocket science to do that. However, if you are layering that with other trends of what's happening, there's really good information that are coming from independent reporting sources. But I think the best source of all is having a community of talent acquisition people that we can share that information. We're not colluding to price fix on what to pay a truck driver. No, but we are sharing our experience and knowledge with one another and being able to go to your hiring manager, your leadership team and say, the reason we aren't able to fill these jobs are, if it's pay, if it is the fact that we just are not very attractive as an employer. So okay. what are we going to do? Right? Hang on. Yeah. So that puts in context as first when we're talking about recruiters. And I think you had a good segue as far as the recruiter market across yeah. North America is hot. Like I mentioned earlier, technical recruiters are sometimes harder than even hiring in the tech space is one of the hardest roles to recruit for right now. So we're going to look at other skill sets that we can transfer or take an opportunity with someone with maybe less experience and really build it with them. So if you had a fairly new recruiter or even someone that's coming from a different industry, how would you approach training this new recruiter? My first step with a new recruiter is first of all, making sure they understand what the process is from start to finish. Yeah. And so what I mean is it, making sure that they see the big picture. Second, and the reason I think the recruiters that have been on my team over the years have been, have gone on to be recruitment leaders themselves is because they understand and they make that connection to the big picture. In other words, they understand, they, they have business acumen. They understand how the company makes money. They also understand who are our talent competitors. What are people out there saying about us? And what is the reality of what we offer as an organization? So training a new recruiter, especially if they have never 
I wouldn't say an HR new grad, but somebody who truly has all the essential ingredients of what you have, you and I have always talked about is the, the basic skill sets of a great recruiter are very different than the basic skill sets of an HR person. Yeah. I talk about one of the, one of the skills I always look for is creative thinking and being resourceful. Because if there's one thing recruiters, I know the difference between good and great is how resourceful they are. Like, can they think in terms of how a candidate thinks? And so if you're trying to find this ideal candidate, how creative can you be? Do you know where I've had the best luck of people making that transition? Yeah. Teachers. Teachers. Former teachers. Yes. Former teachers have made great recruiters because teaching is explaining Teachers have to explain things six ways to Sunday because in any given classroom, you've got four different varieties of how people consume information and they have to be resourceful because certainly here in Canada, for the most part, it's public education. And so if you want to see resourceful, take a look at a teacher and how they find ways to ensure that their students are grasping what they're throwing down. High school teachers, especially junior high teachers do very well. <laughs> they really do. But, but what's the propensity of someone in teaching wanting to do recruitment? You're going to be like, okay, you're going to need to call these candidates. Do they have that interest? Do they have that ability? So now let's put in perspective, we've hired someone, uh-huh. whoever it is. Yeah. I, in a very tactical manner, how should you train that person? And I have a few thoughts on that. So If I hire someone brand new and I look at it, and if we want to be different in the market as well, right now everyone's using the same tools and there is a lost art of sourcing. The first thing I would train a brand new recruiter is what sourcing is and how you do it. They need to understand sourcing. I can hire an administrator if the only job is receiving resumes and moving them in a flow to your ATS. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing I I train on. The second thing is how to have meaningful discussions, how to have meaningful discussions with hiring managers. What is an intake? What type of information do you need to have the ability to know exactly what you recruit for? So sorry. Yeah, Can you teach somebody that? You can teach someone that by the types of questions that they ask. It's not that difficult. These are maybe the 15 key questions. If you ask these questions, you're going to have the answers you need to at least have a really good start at it. And then you have to take that in context after you're talking to hiring managers. What they tell you in the intake meeting is not always what actually happens when you're interviewing candidates. So the ability to make those adjustments and those changes based on the feedback from the interviews, the candidates you submit, I think that's critical. How to interview. None of these fucking pet questions. None of What are the key <laughs> questions that you actually get? to the information that you need from the candidate. That is a skill. It is a skill that can be taught. So I would spend some time on training my recruiter on how to do proper screens and how to do proper interview. And then to your point, understanding the process, 
but understanding how to use all your tools really in depth. After I've got that in a good space, and I'm talking quick, like I'm talking like I'm going through this in two weeks, and then you're flying. There's always training that needs to be done. Yeah. This is constant coaching, constant working, especially with someone with limited experience. It's a little bit more work in the front end. But in reality, I think if you do that, your recruiter might be better than recruiters that have been doing for a while that are stuck in old ways, especially when it comes to me, the sourcing and the intake. We yes. don't do generally a good job. Some do. But mm -hmm. if you can start with the good habits from the start, that's yes. what I would do in a tactical manner. Absolutely. So tell me this. And I had this discussion just recently around interviewing because the art of interviewing for me, here's when I know I've had a great interview is I say very little, but the art of interviewing is getting people to talk to you yeah, and getting them to tell you exactly where they're at what's important to them, why it's important to them, what they're proud of that they've done, which gives you tremendous insight. And I think the skill that we're teaching is how to listen, because you'll also find out more, especially let's tie this back to a tight labor market. You will find out more from somebody by what they didn't say. So you need to be so finely tuned on listening to the candidate and what they're saying. And same goes for the hiring manager. Yeah. You could have an absolute bulletproof list of questions, follow the recipe, ask those questions. But if you are more preoccupied with asking the next question, then truly listening to what did the hiring manager say they really wanted? Why, like, why is that important? That is, that is equally important. I 100% agree. Good. Thank you. So let's uh, move on to our next topic. Yeah, Serge, I want to ask you, because I know you follow this and you've got some really cool thoughts on this whole, uh, what's happening in the tech space. I find it fascinating, but share with me, what was your first reaction when you heard that Jobvite acquired Jazz HR? What do you think that means between the lines? What are you reading? There's a couple of things. So just for everyone that doesn't know, so Jobvite, which is one of my favorite ATS, I think they're an exceptional ATS. In 2019, they acquired telemetry canvas at the same time. And then there was another company in 2021 formula is almost exactly the same. They bought jazz HR and they bought NXT things, RPO. So an RPO provider, this acquisition, this latest acquisition, they're all going to be uh, continued under the same banner that they have right now. Okay. What was interesting in 2019, the Jobvite CEO was replaced by the Canvas CEO, Armin Brar. And now in 2021, the smaller player, Jazz HR, the CEO of Jazz HR is taking over the CEO of Jobvite and Armin is moving over to the board of directors. So almost a very similar formula. But what I see here and what the strategy is, Jobvite is just trying to consolidate as much as the market as they can. That's what they're trying to target. They're trying to become the biggest player, in my opinion. Jobvite's focus is the mid-market to uh, the enterprise market. Jazz HR has an amazing stronghold on mm -hmm. the SMB market. So in reality, they're just expanding and going into a small business, which Jazz HR is pretty dominant. So now they've got a scope across the board. I think that's exactly what they're doing. So these acquisitions make sense. 
never heard of NXT Things RPL, so I'm not going to comment on it. But that's my thoughts. What's your thoughts on it? Like yours, I think Jazz HR has done such a fantastic job at what they do in the small business market because the you, you're right if you're going to go toe-to-toe with the big boys like iSIMS that's a whole different strategy so I like how I like what Jazz HR has done they've got a great brand I was surprised because I thought I think they've got a good brand that's why they got bought right like in reality <laughs> I guess job I guess Jobvite is basically trying to, and we've talked about this before, one of the key things when it comes to a tech stack, if it can all live in one system and all work together, it's going to be used by recruiters compared to if you're, you've are you got some systems here and everything. I know. So I think I there's value in here and having all these companies all part of the same ecosystem. I think that makes sense for them to basically consolidate, get as many partners. So you're one-stop solution for most of your clients. I think it was a good move by them. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. The other big news in the HR tech space is Zip Recruiter has announced they're going to be filing for IPO. What's interesting, at the same time, they released their data on how much money they actually have made in 2020. So everyone remembers that fame, or maybe not everyone, but in uh, 2020, the phone call that was recorded leaked as far as Zip Recruiters laying off their staff. I think it was... Basically, they had 1,200. They went down to 800. A Mm -hmm. lot of the layoffs were focused on sales and marketing. And they also reduced their advertising spend pretty dramatically. So what their revenue last year was $418 million, Mm -hmm. which was a slight dip year over year. But they actually lost money in 2019. 2020, their profit was 86 million. So their first profitable year in history was last year. And it makes sense. The market has regained. I think they're trying to go to IPO for around 3 billion is what their value is. Their last funding, uh, they were valued at 1.5 billion. I do think they are going to get acquired by Recruit, who obviously owns Indeed and Glassdoor. What's your overall thoughts? I know you know Zip Recruiter well. Any surprise by them doing this? What surprises me most is the revenue numbers. Yes and no. Because on one hand, when you shed that many roles, what does that tell us? That the message I got was that they had hired way too many people. I think the pandemic gave them a bit of a mulligan to pause and look at what do we got all these salespeople for? We need to refocus. And so the refocus was going after larger accounts, right? Not so much just give us your credit card and here's 20 bucks to post a job. So I think it gave them an opportunity to pause and, and look at the results. Look at their results. We see the receipts. So interesting. I think it did obviously work out to their benefit. What do you think is Indeed's revenue? Like compare, let's compare Zip Recruiter to Indeed worldwide. I have no idea. So I know I Indeed, should know this, but I don't. Indeed and Glassdoor's revenue combined, so they're big, worldwide, is $3.8 billion. So <laughs> Is that all? That's is all. That all? Oh, so okay. obviously, uh, if you look at it, $418 million is a really impressive number overall in this space. Yeah. Uh, it, it took years for Indeed to get there. Actually, I still remember when they hit their first billion, I was working there. They almost doubled their revenue year over year. So 
ZipRecruiter mm-hmm. is on that path. Mm-hmm. I think Recruit is looking at it and they're seeing a threat to their dominance. Recruit, from what I've heard, has around $50 billion in free cash. No. What it is to go out and spend $5 billion to ZipRecruiter to really eliminate yeah. any potential. Obviously, what I don't know about is antitrust laws in the U.S. Yeah. I might end up being wrong because it, it potentially couldn't happen. But I think the market's big enough that I don't see that as a challenge. But what does this mean to a recruiter or a talent acquisition person in that sense? Obviously, if people are spending on Zep recruiters and they're getting that much revenue, it's working for them and it's working yeah. for some clients. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Canada. I don't think it is in Canada. I've never heard a client in Canada say that Zip recruiter work great. I don't work with many small business. That is definitely their target mm-hmm. might be the case, but I know on the enterprise side, but I know in the U.S., Zip recruiter in certain markets and indeed are head to head when it comes to traffic results. So yeah. I can see indeed panicking a little bit about Zip recruiter and seeing if they can actually buy them, which I know they've probably already all laid out. And if they're going to do it, they're they're already planning it. If they do. I hope I hope they use Zip's platform. Really, <laughs> it's what just you mean? such a better experience. Whether it's a candidate experience or whether it's the hiring manager experience, it's just so much superior. Like it's tenfold better Hmm. experience as a candidate and also as using it from the hiring side. They just announced a new feature. Okay. That So here's what I like from the recruiting side of ZipRecruiter. It is constantly learning when you accept or reject. It makes suggestions of candidates and profiles. And yeah, so you can do the same thing in Indeed. The difference is, is it serves it to you as the hiring manager. Like here is 76 people and you tell it yes or no and why. And now it starts serving you more relevant people. And it's like a matter of minutes. Like this Hmm. is not sitting down and uh, having to scroll through until your eyes are bleeding. So they have this new feature where it's a hot candidate tag. Okay. Uh, So if you're recruiting and there is a candidate because they track everything, right? Everything's in their ecosystem. So if you're looking at a candidate and that candidate has been looked at by several other employers in the last few days, it actually sends up a flag saying, you better get off your ass. Is it a way to put urgency in us? Because we know that the market is really tight right? And especially if you're recruiting in certain markets. Wouldn't it give you urgency though? If I saw that, it definitely would give well, you. And maybe that's that, the push right? that we need. Actually, I think that's a brilliant feature. I know. And so as a candidate, you've got people coming at you and, and now all of a sudden the phone is ringing nonstop. You dare post. So where do you think candidates are going to go? Interesting. Where do you, like, if you really uh, look at it from the candidate's perspective, are you going to go to Indeed? to look for a job? Are you going to go to zip? That's why they're head to head in certain markets because the experience is very different. Yeah. In in reality, like what we've learned throughout the years, the experience has an importance to it, but candidates go where the jobs are. On the flip side is the jobs go where the traffic of candidates are, right. which I, like Indeed still has a dominance in most markets. How quickly this- do you think people will switch teams well, they when they're switch- like, listen, I posted on Zip and I had four employers reach out to me in one hour. 
How many times is that going to happen before it just goes like fucking wildfire? The candidate market will just be like, if you want offers, if you want activity, because sure, the jobs may all be on Indeed. And I'm sorry, Indeed. I still love you. The jobs may all be there, but it doesn't matter if nobody's ever responded to you Mm -hmm. as a candidate. What do candidates want? They want your attention or at least tell them, no, you're not qualified. Bye-bye. Right. Yeah, no. And I agree. And I think like we've been doing this 20 years and we've seen how the job boards that we thought were going to be dominant forever die out and get replaced. Like we, I've seen from hot jobs to (laughs) Yahoo jobs to monster was so friggin' dominant. Remember like just stories of monster salespeople getting cars, making million dollars selling job ads. It was so yeah. dominant. Then in Canada here, we had Workopolis that was very dominant. They own it, Career Builder. So all of mm-hmm. these have changed hands over the years. And really, in reality, Indeed has been the dominant player, I would say, comfortably six years. And they probably showed a little bit of dominance before. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping a competitor from taking that dominance. We've seen it in 20 years, five, six times. Yeah. So I think we are in the precipice that in the next five years, we're going to see someone rise up the rank and, and that might be Zip Recruiter if they're not acquired by Indeed or Google for Jobs if they finally figure out their shit out. So in reality... <laughs> For us recruiters and recruitment leaders is we have to be where our candidates are. I'm a proponent of not relying on job boards, but if you're in Canada, indeed it's getting what, 14 million unique visitors or 17 million people oh, yeah. that work in the country. There's no denying yeah. it. Yeah, you got to be there, but it can't be your only strategy. On that note, I thought it was a really interesting show. I think you need to go finalize your car deal. I need to decide what to buy. Like I've narrowed it down and now I'm just, uh, I've got to make a final decision. And you've been really helpful, so thank you. I don't have one. I'm torn between the two. Okay, I'm giving you a deadline of tonight at seven. No, uh, I can't make, make a call. No, no, no. Just no. make a decision. Come on, you're you're never indecisive. I know this is so strange. So tell me, sir, do you got anything cool coming up? Yes. Anything All right. You Thank share? you for bringing that up. Yeah. So what do you got? By this time, this episode will have aired. We are uh, partnered with Innovate Work and CPHR Alberta. We're hosting. Their all-day event, but we're not hosting all the events. We're hosting basically the after show and the, the post-game show. Work. The post-game show. That's yes. exactly. <laughs> so that is on Thursday, and then next week I'm actually there's a bunch of other stuff. What's going on with you? Anyone so, can find you. Anywhere? Yes. So I'm excited about some of the guests we have coming up. We talk a lot about how these different systems don't connect in recruitment. And I'm just absolutely stoked about bringing on a company who has fixed it. And that is JobSync. We're going to be having JobSync come in as our guest. And I have been asked to join what's called the Recruitment Marketing Roundtable. And it's got all the all the old dogs of recruitment, like all of us senior, well-known people. Are you calling yourself well-known? Seems to be that way. Is I'm that on the roundtable. I'll be on the, I, yes. So I've been Jeez. invited, I've been invited to present to the recruitment marketing round table. So are you, I'm are you HR that. famous now? Are, are you going to take that, that tag? No. Do you know, I think I'll, I'll take something recruitment related, but not HR famous. 
Okay. I don't know. Let's let's call you recruit famous. Yeah. And next week though, we have so you know how much I love programmatic. Yeah. We have Terry Baker, who is the CEO mm-hmm. of Pendologic. Pendologic. I am very excited yes, to talk to you know. about all things programmatic. So, <laughs> we do. We've got some great stuff coming up. So Yeah, you're going to hey. see us everywhere. Like it seems yeah. that uh, Shelly's such in demand. And so I've are been you, Serge? Well, Come on. You're everywhere too. I'm not recruit famous. I'm just famous. <laughs> Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.